Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Good morning and welcome to the conversation with Steve and Sean for Friday, Friday's conversation. And we are into um, starting with a conversation that we are kicking off in. And uh, so, yeah, time to hit the record button. Here we are. And it's great to be with you again. And hope you can follow with us right through until the end. Uh, because who knows what we come up with at the end of this Who knows? That wasn't, as I've said before, Luke, I am your father. He yeah. never came and positioned himself that way. Right. Although maybe he was king of kings, yeah. Lord of lords. Yeah. I mean, he really was. Right. But he says, I'm the firstborn among many brethren. I want this relationship with you guys to where you can look to me and say, okay, this is how we do it. It's not, it's not once you leave here, I can't function because I, you know, I don't know what to do in and of myself. You know, I, I know good and well that you've given me a pattern uh, and this is how we do it relationally. Yeah. Uh, even even the uh, term of he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's still a relational thing. Yeah. It's still a something that's family. It's not, and once again, it's not a hierarchy thing or a generational curse or generational blessing or generational anything else. Because it says of Melchizedek, which order of priesthood we are, he had no father, nor mother, nor any generation, nor any uh, ancestry or lineage. I mean, it wasn't because of lineage that I'm here. Uh, and Melchizedek even made that clear. It's not because of my lineage I'm here. I came here from God to give you something, to bless you. That's my only intent, is to bless you. And he wasn't there to get anything. He just wanted to bless him. And I guess that's the thing that uh, both of us, whenever we approach this, even from the very beginning, uh, the main thing is we had both been through similar, <laughs> similar type settings. Uh, but the main thing was to help each other walk through this because my frustration was the same as yours. How do we build this then? I know I'm supposed to build something, but how do I build it? Because it's not the same way that I've seen all my life. How do I build and to realize that it's not a form or a structure or some sort of a uh, conventional um, grouping of people, what I'm supposed to build is a temple, you. And it says, take heed how you build thereupon. <laughs> so, you know, to watch our words, to watch, to see what we say, to make sure that what we speak is truth. Of course, that brings you to a whole nother thing, you know, what is truth? Yeah. So, uh, which we could bounce back and forth for probably decades and never get to the bottom of that one. But um, but truth is something that's, uh, like you sa you've said so many times before, if Christ said it, he said it for a reason. And we can always say, well, he didn't really mean that. He meant this. 
and it doesn't work that way. If he said something, he's saying it from his paradigm, the way he sees the world, the way he sees a kingdom, the way he believes that the Father is the creator. He believes that there is one king, and he set out a certain edict, and this is the way it goes in the kingdom. Right. So, but like you said, there is no, there is no formula. So it's, it's, it makes it tough because we have to learn as sons of God to be led by the Spirit of God and not just push our own agenda or what we've learned, but to be moved or breathed. Maybe that's a better word. Instead of moved, breathed on by the Spirit so that whenever we breathe again, it's that same Spirit of life, yeah. which is in Christ Jesus, that we breathe with one another, not just some idea. I take it that got you leading towards something there. Yeah, yeah, I just thought of something now. Um, and and let me let me. I mean, just not us, but caution for those that are listening to us is like we're not talking about situational interpretation of the word of God, and that's not what we're talking about. No, <laughs> no, no, what no. You're talking about, you know, it's like in principle, the the word of God is the word of God. However. This scripture comes to me, um, and Jesus, when he was teaching them in John chapter 6, it says, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? <laughs> they couldn't right. get it, man. And aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where the, he was before? The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yeah. Yet there are many, there are some of you who do not believe. And right. again, you know, it's not believe there. It's not just like I have faith. This belief was their belief system. Right. And, and they, uh, because they didn't see it, through the paradigm Jesus was teaching them, they were looking for a physical kingdom. They were looking for right, a physical right. to establish a physical kingdom to oppose the political system of the Roman Empire. That's right. what they were looking for. With and, a physical king that yes, would come and, yeah. To, to conquer the, the Romans for them. That's what they were looking for. And then he would operate within the religious system of the, of the Sanhedrin. That's what they were looking for. And because Jesus comes with a totally different paradigm to that, an invisible kingdom, a king who comes as a servant, a king who comes as a, uh, a um, carpenter right. <laughs> and associates with, with unqualified, uneducated, illiterate, business, skilled business people and all the other, you know, and he's going, you've got to partake of me. And they're going, what? <laughs> it's yeah. like, we're talking about the, you know, see, this is the thing. I, I, I saw somebody talking about covenant. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting word that I haven't, like, delved into very much for a long time. But covenant is what? It's relationship. It's cutting a relationship. Right, right. That is non-negotiable. It's like right. when we get married, we, we go and we put on rings and we, um, have witnesses and we have an assembly and we cut the cake together, eat, partake. We walk down the aisle with, with um, and we do vows before a, a, um, 
somebody who who author not authorizes who solemnizes this covenant, and they you, often, you did say solemnize right? Solemnize, yes. Not not sodomize. No. Uh, he solemnizes or officiates the this relationship. The witnesses are there to to make sure that the relationship. So when we go um, in sickness and in health until death right. was part. Of course, when I got married, I didn't want that in because it was charismatically negative. But the right. fact of the matter is, it's it was covenant talk to saying that if you don't fulfill your responsibility to this covenant, the witnesses will come and find you and kill you and your family. That's what wow. it means. Well, that's yeah, that's true. That's what that means in covenant. That's what it meant. I did research on it, and that's why you've got that's what the best man and the maid of honor. We, th- you know, they there just to look pretty and wear dress and hand over the flowers and the rings. No, they are there to be witnesses forever to the covenant of that was established of a relationship that is forever established right. there before the officiating um, officer or whatever the officiator, and so. Jesus is saying the same thing. He goes, you've got to eat me. Now, it's interesting. Two Greek words there, Steve, is the first one, or Aramaic, but the first one was a nibble on my flesh. Nibble. Nibble. My flesh and, uh, or, or on my bones and partake of me. And they're going, um, what? I mean, how, do we, how can he say something like this? Then he doubles down. He doesn't make it any easy. He says, if you do not gnaw on me, like feast on me. You have no part of me. Wow. And so he doubles down into the intensity of the relationship that has to be built. But the thing about that you're talking about is that my words, the words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. We, we love the life part about it, but we don't look for the spirit part about it. And we're not talking about woo-woo, I feel something on this word, and I've got a prophecy now. The word of the Lord has come to me. <laughs> Give me a witness. You know, it's, that's not what it's talking about. It, it's no. talking about that we understand the paradigm through which that's why it goes on to say, but some of you still do not believe you do not have the, a, a system to actually interpret what I'm saying to you. You don't understand it. That's where... Sorry. And this is something you and huh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm just gonna say I can, sorry I can for, hold on to this. Sorry for the long <laughs> your memory's better than mine. Um for the long uh, explanation. Sorry, there we go. No, 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 that's quite all right. Um the it it brings me back to the thing that you and I have talked about so many times that that's something that I keep it's my one string banjo I keep playing, okay? <laughs> I got one string. I'm gonna play that thing. <laughs> Uh, what it is, is in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God. Uh, you know, all things were created through him, by him, for him, blah, blah, blah. The word there is logos. Most of the time, whenever it talks about Christ being the word, it talks about him as the logos. The word, word is word logos. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the rhema of God. The, the word of God, there's the word rhema. Um, most of our lives, we've always been taught that the scripture, you know, this Bible is the logos. So somehow or other, Christ is this. He's this written word. He's the logos. And somehow, I, in order to get faith, I have to have God speak to me. I have to have this rhema of God 
So he opens his mouth and utters something. If you look at the difference in the Greek between just the rhema and logos, or logos, however you want to pronounce it, rhema simply means to open the mouth and to utter. So it's just the, it's the process of the mouth opening and just chattering or, or saying something. It doesn't matter what it's filled with at that point. It's just that process of the mouth opening and uttering. The word logos is the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind what is spoken. It's the spirit of it. See, and that's what we're talking about. The words that I speak to you, they're spirit and life. There's a diff it comes from a different place. It comes from a motive. It comes from how I think. It comes from how I, how I perceive the whole world, how I perceive the universe. It comes from my objective of what I see the kingdom being, not only what it was, but what is to come. It, it comes from the depth of the heart of God, that's what became flesh and dwelt among us. That's why Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because he was the express image of the Father. He was the express, expressed image, character, C-H-A-R-A-K-T-E-R. -E so if we see that, like you're saying, to be able to say something, it's not just the words of it. It's not just opening my mouth and saying something. It's the spirit of it. It's that very... It's the logos of it. It's the thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind because that is my that's where my paradigm is. It's my thought. It's my intent. It's my purpose. My mo So in other words, if you want to use a modern term for logos, it would be paradigm. Yeah. Yes. It would be our thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind everything that we see, do, touch, feel, say, whatever. It's the motive behind the discourse. Yeah. So what is the motive behind when I say to you, elder? What is the motive behind when I say to you, spiritual father? What is the motive behind when, you know, is it to build this particular kingdom of God? You know, is it the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive? So am I speaking the spirit of truth, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ, am I speaking by the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, which will not only birth in you the very nature of Christ, but it will sustain it because he upholds all things by the word of his power. It's the word that comes forth out of power. Right. So, you know, am, am I giving you something when it lands in your heart, it will bring its birth out of power in your heart. So it's able not only to produce something and create it, but to sustain it. Yeah. And that's where I guess my heart desire is, is to get to that place where when we speak to you, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. They come forth out of the very nature, the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive of God to where I, I'm not just deciding what to say. I've received, like Christ said, I've received commandment, both what to speak and what to say. Not only what to, not only when to open my mouth, but what to fill it with when we speak. Right. So it's a totally different, once again, that's a different, that's a different paradigm too, just to make that shift. It's not sitting down trying to figure out something to say or a message to say for Sunday morning or Wednesday night or, oh, I've got to have a teaching ready. It isn't about that. It's about that. It's about that 
what is the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive of God right now for this people or for this person or for what's going on right now. That is the spirit of Melchizedek. That's how he works. I came here to give you something, and I want to leave you Christ in your hearts, birthed in there. That's right. And that's, you know, um, that's where it talks about um, 1 Corinthians 14, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. The word there is the Greek word propheteo, and it means to break forth under a um, prompting and impulse to teach, refute, reprove, to admonish, and to comfort. And it also means to interpret the divine will and purpose of God and to be able to communicate it. Really? So now, see, I didn't know that whole, I didn't know that whole last part of that. Yeah. I'll be. That's interesting. So, so it's not just, that's why, you know, again, it's like a paradigm, but you know, it's like, we, we think if, if you're going to prophesy, you have to stand up and say, he, yay, he, yay, that saith the Lord, you know, is just like use thus and hitherto. And, and, and many times it's being able to step into a situation without any religious connotation. I've seen CEOs do this. Right. See, those who are able to interpret the divine will and of God and communicate it clearly. As wow, to, as that's good. What is the purpose of God right now in this situation? And right. they don't use those terms. They just right because that's prophecy. Yes. That's speaking for God exactly. into the situation. And it's in one Corinthians. I mean, uh, Romans chapter twelve talks about those charisma gifts. It's the only time charisma is used. Is right. those charisma gifts? of prophesy according to the measure of your faith. And so right. according to the measure that you've grown of in your responsibility, you're able, some guys have that within the context of their gift. That's their gifting. That's their natural ability. Right. They can interpret the divine will, purpose, and intent of God into a situation. Right. And yeah, because when God even spoke that in the beginning, let there be light, that wasn't some religious... Well, I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to prophesy now. <laughs> no. I mean, that was, that was speaking into being something that was in his very heart. Exactly. Very, and he was able to express it yeah. so so succinctly that it brought forth what he was speaking at that moment in in absolute detail. <laughs> right. And I think you know, again, it is because we. I mean, I mentioned that to someone. I said, instead of walking into an institution and going, thus saith the Lord, you know, 1 Corinthians 15, 2 says you shall, you know, just like, and we call, so now we're a prophet. No, you're a religious person. That's really right. what you are. Is right. like, um, The kingdom of God is not like that. It's, it's not no. like that. It never, ever says that. We're trying to be Old Testament in a new a whole new generation of priesthood. <laughs> right. and, so, and so we bring and we're able to infuse the kingdom of God into situations because um, we're able to interpret. And that's the, the Logos, the Rhema kind of situation is like we understand that you begin to interpret the intent, the motive, the will, the purpose of God from pneumaticos. <laughs> right, right. You know, so you're not ignorant of what he's doing, and you're able to 
interpret that and communicate that into a situation right. that is clear and, as you say, nice words, succinctly um, or clearly cl- with focus and that brings forth life. And that's right. what I said. My words are spirit and they are life. life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. When he said that first, my words are spirit first. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know, I know him enough to know that he doesn't just say those things in order by accident. Hmm. You know, they are spirit. In verse, chapter and verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to say they are spirit first and then they are life. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Exactly. Because if it's not of the spirit, there is no life. That's right. But you see, again, we come. What we've been talking about this whole hour is that it—it's how we interpret that word. So if we interpret it through our religious church mindset, right. the spirit is my right, anointing. Right. You know, I'm right. speaking by the spirit because I've been anxious. That's not what he was talking about. That's no. not what he was talking about at all. You know, no. and that's my challenge. As I said, I, you know, I said, boy, the pastor kicked me out of the church because I said, don't go and. You know, prophesy like, I mean, I'm not saying don't, I think there's times to do it. I'm, I'm not saying you don't do it. I said, but we can be a lot more effective, have a lot more influence and impact. If we, if we influenced with clarity into a situation right. that people go, wow, how do you know that? How do you, that, that, that they can tangibly feel life. Right. That that's can, where it's. That's where he says you're a polished arrow. Yes. You know, I polished you as an arrow to strike that mark, to strike yeah. that target. You're a polished arrow in my hand. It's not. It's not just I got this pile of arrows and I reach back there and grab a bunch and shoot them at the same time. You know, it. You are a polished arrow meant to strike the very center of the heart of that matter at that moment in time. Right. So you've already been polished. You've already been set up to change the situation right then. And the words that you speak into that, they do create something. Like I said, it's not just, he not only, the word that he gives you at that point, the thought, intent, purpose, and motive comes forth out of the nature of his power, comes forth out of power. So when it does it, it reproduces after his likeness and image in your heart so that you're able to carry that on for the rest of your life. It yep. changes and impacts your life. It, cha- it changes your paradigm at that point. Exactly. Your whole way of thinking. Exactly. Because now I'm thinking, oh, man, I, this is a whole different. And, and maybe it doesn't dawn on you that way, but it does change the course of your life. Right. Right. No, it does. Well, it, it changes Changes everything. I mean, a shift, of, a, a paradigm shift changes everything. But yeah. let's get into that some more next week. I want to. I want to talk about. I want to talk about Second Corinthians chapter ten next week. So okay, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, yes, we'll see what happens. But I, I, I just, I would like to bring that up with you next week and and dive a little bit into that and and, and let's look because. I think what we're doing is, Steve, we're hitting on something that is so key to seeing right. the church becoming relative, relevant. And I'm not talking about um, relevant in the sense of being like everybody else, but relevant in the sense of being the cutting edge, the polished arrow for these times that we're in right now. Right. It's crazy times, and we need the church to have impact, not 
or they have meetings. Right. So, um, That's true. That, that is that is where we are. So I'm going to leave it at that. I've got another appointment coming up now, but it's been great. I I love this um, getting into stuff. <laughs> so cool it's just it's so cool you know i, I love the conversations and and appreciate appreciate your time buddy and thank, well, you, appreciate you. thank for, you for being with us until the end if you made it until the end if you sort of didn't get offended in the whole process and and um and uh, actually saw it through to to say wait a minute you know maybe maybe you know these guys are just inspiring something that i can look at think about pray about and rethink, reevaluate, reassess where I'm at in the whole process. Now, that's what we're about. That's what we want to do. And that's why we asked you to join our conversation. Hey, we could, we would do this with or without you. <laughs> so, and the in fact, fact, we were this morning and you just said, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's turn on the record button. And, and that's basically every Friday. We always just kick it off and we just start talking and say, okay, well, hey, we, we, we supposed to be, not, not supposed to be, but we'd like to invite <laughs> others to join our process of conversation. So right. great to have you with us. Have a super weekend, Steve. Love and appreciate you. you. Love to Connie. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Thank All you. Right. Cheers, bye then. Bye-bye.